0: School is in session. This is Recruiting Daily's Sourcing School podcast. We're recording from HR Tech in Vegas, thanks to our friends and partners at GEM. Sharpen your pencils and get your sourcing pants on, because we have the scoop on sourcing news, recruiting tech, and all the hot topics that you need to learn about. Here's your professor, Ryan Leary, with special guests, Shelly Steckerl and Mike Batman-Cohen.
1: Yes, here we are. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is the final podcast episode of Sourcing School from HR Tech, day two. Mm. Um, and and I'm, I'm pretty hyped normally, I think, if you, if you know me. I know, uh, <laughs> super surprised for those listening. Um, I am super hype on this uh, for, our, for our next guest, uh, who's J.D. Conway. J.D., I'm going to let you introduce yourself in one sec. So I I just met you like an hour ago, and we have already gone through just about every topic of conversation (laughs) you would never talk about to someone you just met and realize like, oh, wait, are we this friends now? Yeah, uh, And so if everything from our outlook on uh, how to run things like inclusion, diversity, candidate experience, things right. from just general outlook on faith, things like family and work-life balance, all the way through nerdy tech stuff. So, like, this is going to be awesome. JD, why don't you tell people who you are, where you are, and something cool about you?
2: Oh, my gosh. All right. So I am JD Conway. I'm over at Bamboo HR. I've been actually at Bamboo HR since uh, 2015. Uh, seen about 10x growth now, so we've had 1,300 hires. I've been on the talent acquisition team and been the head of talent the last five years until really recently, uh, moving around to talent advisory roles and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I've been in the industry probably about uh, 15 years and in an adjacent industry over 19 years. Gosh, it's been it's been a really long time. So, uh, I, I say adjacent industries, executive outplacement, all kinds of things like that. Cool. Back in the day. Um, something really interesting about me? I don't know. I, I, I really live and breathe this stuff. I don't know if it's, it's that interesting. I go crazy. Well, I, actually, we talked about this earlier. Um, I st- in, college, in college, I studied ancient history and biblical Hebrew and things like that. And so when you talk about the backgrounds of people that have gone into talent acquisition later on, I always love chatting about that and how how weird everyone's backgrounds might be or different or, or whatnot and then how we ended up in town acquisition so that's something different yes yep. i've met one
1: person in my life who went to school knowing they wanted to be a recruiter and they said that and i was like excuse me she's like my dad owns a recruiting agency and i was there like not fair that's cheating there you go but yeah that <laughs> doesn't count um <laughs> right uh so okay i love that um so podcast uh, we had to pick one of one of the topics we were talking about. Right, right. And so uh, I think the one we landed on um, was talking about candidate experience, which is broad enough that we could basically talk about all the other things within that, uh, which I thought yeah. was a wise decision for solid, us to make. Yeah. <laughs> so good choices. Um, okay. Uh, I want to start with uh, two questions for you. Hmm. Uh, and the first one is one I don't know that gets asked often enough. Uh, so you can answer them together. One is... What is actually your definition of candidate experience? And two, mm. what is wrong with candidate experience generally in the yeah. industry today? Yeah. Hit me.
2: Okay. The, I, I think the problem with definitions of candidate experience is that the definition is so nebulous with everyone, and it means something different to everyone, right? Um, Isn't and, that the definition of experience? Right. and so like the fact that it's so broad like so so what does that even mean built into it yeah everyone has a different experience yeah and so that that's one of the things that you know when people uh, when i see people talking about candidate experience all the time i look for much more than the basic okay okay yes but but how are you doing that what are you what are you actually architecting right um we all see it as very important it's been talked about for the last decade right as vital, or, or I think it was mostly prominent in 2016, um, I kept hearing it a lot more around that time, but, but gosh, I think that is the main problem. So for us uh, on our team, we built something that is a lot more focused on uh, quality of contact and, and the, the humanization of the contact itself, right? There's a lot of systems and tools that we can use to outreach, to keep things organized, to move things along, right? CRMs and so on and so forth. But like, there's still a human element that a lot of people, I think, are really, really hungry for and an authenticity and a, an ability to be able to help people in their job search, even if they're not chosen at the company. The amount of talent pool or, I guess, uh, boomerang applicants that have ended up as Bamboo HR employees is, I don't know, probably at least 3% a year, maybe, maybe 10% a year. So, Let me rewind that. Uh, <laughs> y- you were saying...
1: Helping people who weren't even becoming
2: bamboo employees. Right, right. Tell me. So so we've we've even had, back in the day, we've had, um, uh, gosh, glass door reviews where people have said, if this is how they treat people that they don't hire, how do they treat people, like, how do they treat their employees, essentially? So what we're trying to do is at the back end of the experience, really at the, say you're, you're in a final interview. We're always making sure that everyone gets a phone call. We talk to them about uh, some of the reasons why they weren't chosen, competitive pool, whatever it was. And we are talking to them about, Hey, can we reach out to you in the future? Would you be open to, if we to it, if we had this open again down the road and we do actually contact them back. I mean, I think that's the problem is the execution. I I, I don't hear, I hear a lot of talk. I don't, I don't often hear a lot of companies doing it. And I think, I think the reasons are legitimate that it's, it's really time consumptive. You got to be really deliberate about it. Mm. Everybody has good intentions, but did you set up your organization to, to do it and to incentivize that? So it's, it's a requirement on our team to do that. So I,
1: I think you, you made a comment that was uh, uh, very poignant, but uh, understated, which is uh, you said you have to set up your company to do that. So like everybody says, oh, this is top down, oh, this is top down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that actually look like? And so some of it is, to so first off, super intentional, right? Right. It does cost a little money and it does take a little time. It's time-consumptive, yeah. Right. Absolutely. But beyond that, the company also has to be in alignment with that. And so one of the things I talk about all the time right. uh, is <laughs> a company has to have their metrics tied to what they want their employees to achieve. Absolutely. Meaning uh, if, if you want people to do X and Y and Z, yep. you need to grade their performance on X and Y and Z. So we want really Outcomes. good candidate yep. experience, but like we're judging you on the number of messages you send each week.
2: Bingo. Bingo. That's one of the, that's one of the things that I think has been missing is... I don't see enough organization. I think you have to do it when your organization is really small. Um, I don't see enough organizations really stopping and saying, all right, what are our, how do we incentivize a talent acquisition team and function to actually do this? And, and uh, so many of the bonuses and so on and so forth, all of the incentives are wrapped around sheer volume numbers for the most part. And there's got to be a lot or more qualitative outcome. checks on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. outcome, which, and yeah. like,
1: this is going to sound, I know that I get strong pushback on this. I don't think recruiters should be bound by the number of hires they make. Right? Or oh, oh, not at I'm getting this right now. Slow clap, slow clap. Right? And, Absolutely. And, and why? Because
2: it's not a controllable function. No
1: right? It's, it's, a, it's an inevitability if everything leading up to it is being done consistently and effectively.
2: This is, this is why we, we do something also kind of crazy and heretical in that we're measuring a lot of inputs as well. You have to measure the outputs and the outcomes, right? But what, what are some of the inputs that you're doing? And we're not talking volumes. We're talking about quality methodology.
1: We just had a conversation similar to this that uh, when talking about like What do you hold your sorcerers, specifically for me? What do you hold sorcerers to? And for me, I track all of the how many messages, how many pro... I track that. What do I hold them to? Percentages. Yes. And not the same for everybody. Yes. So, hey, what's your turn rate? Oh, well, I have to look at uh, 950 profiles to get 200 into messaging. Oh, okay. Right. Fine. Somebody else may have to look at 500 to get 200 into messaging. You don't compare those two. What I do compare, and Shally literally spoke to this earlier, is uh, a metric has to be a comparison of two numbers. I want to compare for them the number they're at today and the number they're at a month from now. Yes. Is that getting better? If so, That's my SLA for that person. Yes.
0: And according to the Canada... How much better and better according to whom? And does better mean what? Because those are also part of that. Right. I think think that's the problem
2: is that I I don't see enough people solving for the complexity of this, but it is worthwhile. It is so worthwhile to solve it. And, And the actual... The outputs of taking time to solve it has such good yield for Canada experience. They return back. Your brand is continually and authentic a very real one you're memorable you're very human all these other things if you're able to improve well all the steps in the candidate experience right we talked about the the nebulousness of that term itself but if you're able to stop and really help people change the methodology i just don't know enough organizations that have the stomach and drive to do it very often i think you got to start small and i hope that larger companies catch on
1: yeah yeah definitely um there's Definitely a, tougher. Is
2: that too grandiose? No,
0: it's not. But it's, So there's an incongruity that I run into all the time, which is hiring managers say they want more candidates. They, they mm. use those words. Yeah, of course. More right. candidates. This person's great. Who else do you have? More is the, is the operative mm. word here. I want more candidates. But they don't say how many more mm. or... What more means or more of what type? They just say more candidates.
1: Yes. So I can you delve into like the more of like the what type thing that actually gave me a confused look when you said that? What do you like? What do you mean?
0: Right. So like I could just send them more candidates.
1: Oh, what's the differentiation between this (laughs) one and the more that I'm supposed to send you? I could send them some
0: more candidates. Here's another hundred resumes for you to look at. Are they the right ones? I don't know because you didn't say more of what you want. got it. You know? If, imagine if you're hungry and you go to a restaurant and they bring you your dinner and you eat your dinner and then they're like, so are you satisfied? And you're like, no, I'm, I'm still hungry. I want more food. <laughs> but what? What, what, what? what would you like? Just more. I'm not going to lie. That's a rough example for me because
1: usually whatever they would bring me would be totally fine for me sure. personally. yeah, like, sure,
0: But for most yeah. people, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, he, yeah, I mean, it's just like, well, you want a buffet? Okay, yeah. maybe that's why buffets are popular, but I mean, it's the same. It's so if that's what they're asking for and recruiters are responding to that, then yeah. don't be surprised when recruiters start increasing the volume at the expense of the candidate experience because they want – they're hiring managers to have more candidates, the, I, <laughs> how many more and of what kind, what type, what, what's what are the qualities, what yeah. are the qualifications? And I think that's the problem.
2: If, if, if we can show hiring managers a different way, like they have to experience their own experience, right? I've had to go to hiring managers at the very beginning, they're like, What's this crazy guy doing? What's this wackadoodle JD doing? Like, I uh, early days when I was doing technical. I started as a technical recruiter at Bamboo HR and and people didn't know what I was doing. I was like, hold on, hold on. Trust me, try this out. I will save you aggregate time. I'm not like, okay, great. Time to hire is a factor we should always be looking at, but like I will save you aggregate time. Let me walk you through it. And it takes time in TLC. So one heretical thing is that we have a much lighter rec load at, at, Mm -hmm. at Bamboo HR in order to build that rapport And we have really good hiring manager retention for that, so they they get really bought in. But then, long-term, if we have a lighter rec load, we can provide a better candidate experience or a better architecture for the hiring manager and the candidate and the talent acquisition partner. Everybody has a better experience, right? It's stuff that people wanted to do. So,
1: Yeah, uh, I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts as to how uh, larger companies handle this, because I don't think it's possible. Personally, I don't think there's a way to do this. So, what we do as a company, right? So if anybody doesn't know, I, I own Wayne Tech. Uh, we are sourcing on demand. Mm-hmm. So companies come to us and we, you know, we'll look for, for folks. We, we build a list. We clean all the data. Yeah. We deliver it. We do all the outreach. But one of the interesting things, I think the place where companies miss, mm. and the reason is there's no tool to do it. We have to do it with spreadsheets and web scraping. Yes. Is the data to have the conversation, because a lot of times hiring managers say, I want more, I want more, right? Like what Shally said, yeah. and recruiters go, there are no more, there are no more. So what we actually do that I, you know, you sort heretical, which I think is funny. Mm. Um, we provide every single contextual physical piece of data. So yeah. we make our hiring managers fill out uh, physical intake forms. So yes. it changes it. So you have to Absolutely. commit to a thing in writing now. Yep. And then it makes also our intake calls like 10 minutes long. So it's super easy to to do that. And then we save every Boolean string we write on every platform and we pull every candidate from every search into a spreadsheet and that's where we eliminate. So we can have a conversation with the hiring manager saying, hey, this is the intake form you filled out. Is everything still accurate here? Because if they say no to that. Your SLA as a recruiter Bingo. should have to start, start over for time to fill. Right, because right. Because they change what they're looking for. It's documented. Yes. Then, hey, here's all the platforms we looked on, and here's all of the actual strings we used. Is yep. there Are there any other platforms we should be sourcing on? Are there any other things we should be searching for that we're not or vice versa? Yes. Yes or no? Okay, great. Great. Here's every candidate who came back in every one of those searches. And here's the tag out reason of why we didn't message these candidates. Are we off base with any of those? There you go. Right. And so now the conversation evolves into, uh, nope, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, no, those are great searches on great platforms. No, you're tagging out the right candidates for the right reason. And then it's right. easier to say, hey, I, I don't know where else to go. I can't manufacture this. Yes. What, what other advice could you give me to
2: find other folks? And, and once they've seen it and experienced it, that's a repetitive motion for them, right? Yes. Like, like hiring managers go, oh, I know how comprehensive these people are. Mm-hmm. I understand that they know what they're doing and they're asking the right questions. And I, I will tell hiring managers up front uh, or historically, have, I'm very far away from the day-to-day uh, nowadays, but I have historically told hiring managers up front, hey, if you give me five hours over the next week in a couple of these dialing in motions, a very uh, comprehensive intake, so on and so forth, I will save you an aggregate of 50 hours in this hiring cycle. It's like, And then they go, wait, 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 wait hold on. I, and, and so then they yes. experience it, and it's different. And they go, all right, we'll do it your way. I got way. it. I we'll, got it. We'll do it your way. Right,
1: yep. but, J- J.D., I was literally going to say this right before. they So, like, we're, you're, you're all up in my head, which is, <laughs> How weird is it that people are willing to commit exponentially more time reactively to deal with stuff than fractionally proactively?
2: It's, uh, it's just human nature, right? It's, it's, right? Yeah, it's, it's what we're stuck with right now. And so yeah. that's why I say if we, have, if we let them experience it, it's going to feel different. It's gonna yep. be, we're going to have a lot more buy-in. And yeah. then you're talking about larger companies. I think that might be the only way to do it. Is I'm a fan of Marty Kagan as a as a product you know leader um, and um, and he's and everyone talks about minimum viable product but minimum viable prototype right if you can prototype it in smaller in larger companies in smaller departments there starts to be this this raving fandom that <laughs> that yes. builds in hiring managers and people go well what are they doing over there to to create raving wait fans? how did they get those three hires last week absolutely absolutely. Right? Right. That's one of the things that you see. It starts catching on. But but it it has to be the pilot has to be truly reinforced. It has to be on the right in a larger company. You have to have the right. um, How do I say it? You have to have the right spotlight on it. Otherwise, it's not going to get street cred down the road.
1: Yeah, I was thinking of the the, the right word for it. And it's not, uh, my my dad's in business. He always uses the word like his rabbi, which is like his person internally who like goes to bat for him for people who may not necessarily believe in what he's doing or know what he's doing. Yes. Because you can talk about what you're doing all day, but like... When somebody else is talking about what you're doing, totally
2: different. Who's advocating all the That's crazy the stuff you're doing, advocating. right? Yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. the
1: word my brain couldn't come up. with. I came up with a rabbi, <laughs> by the way, before advocating. Yes. The
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, right. the, the only reason why I think I was able to to pull it off and changing it was like seven years ago when I started at Bamboo. It was only 130 person company, right? I had hmm. only X amount of hires. I had to I had to make in a year and stuff, so I could pilot a lot, and they I had close access to people that were experiencing something different and then we were able to build something systemic from there so beautiful
1: okay jd we are at time but i we close the podcast the same way every time all right which is just to say and you're you're the final one at hr tech this is the last one we're left with so Like oh, literally <laughs> no pressure but this is the last phrase our listeners are are ever going to hear from hr tech 2022 okay good now that now that we've uh, laid I'm that sweating. out yeah no, i love this uh <laughs> What is one thing you want to leave our listeners with that can have nothing to do with what we've talked about? It can be what we talked about today that's going to hit them in in the heart, the soul, the head, something that you want them to really walk away feeling or thinking about after hearing us speak.
2: No matter how long you've been doing this, please don't get burned out and please don't get jaded in the HR industry. I see it happen too often. And what you can do... For organizations, if you stick with it and remember the reasons why you got into this field, you can have a massive organizational impact.
1: Mm, Beautiful. That was beautiful. What a way to end this. Thank you so much, JD. Really appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Uh, All the listeners. Thanks. This has been a blast at HR Tech, and uh, we'll see you next time on Sourcing School. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, that means it's over. You've been listening to the Sourcing School Podcast live at HR Tech in Vegas. Sponsored by our friends at Jen. For all other HR, recruiting, and sourcing news, check out recruitingdaily.com.